0: Hey everyone, this special episode of Stolen Droids Presents with Jonathan Colton is brought to you by our friends at GoToMeeting. Uh, GoToMeeting with HD Faces by Citrix allows you to host as many teleconferencing meetings as you want, anywhere, anytime. Uh, Also, you can now do it from your iPad, which marks a first in the world. We want you to be able to try it free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. Again, that's the promo code PODCAST. GoToMeeting. Meeting is believing. Hello and welcome to another episode of Stolen Droids presents. Uh, this week we are honored to be joined by the great, the illustrious, the brilliant, Jonathan Colton. Hello, hello.
1: Doing doing very well. Thank you for joining us. Um, I didn't get a chance to introduce myself before uh, we came became uh, before we started recording. I'm honored by the way. Um, that's Zook who just introduced everyone we, to you.
0: We we have to admit here. Um, to both the people listening and to you, sir, uh, Zoner has a huge man crush. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's you know, very flattering. Thank you. If if you go back and listen to any of our stolen droids presents episodes, apparently I have a crush on everybody we interview. So um...
0: I have been wondering why you keep uh, suggesting these certain people. <laughs> now, no, for the I, I... for the for the people in the world who may not know, uh, Jonathan, can you describe yourself? In five minutes or less.
2: Uh, I am six feet tall. I have uh, brown shaggy hair and a a beard uh, tinged with red Uh, and I am a singer-songwriter and internet superstar. Um, I uh, left my day job writing software in 2005 uh, and did a project called Thing A Week where I released a new song every Friday for a year uh, I had some sort of viral successes over the course of that year, and by the end of that year was uh, was uh, able to um, uh, make a living, kind of, as a musician. And uh, what else? People might also know me from uh, the song I wrote for the game Portal called Still Alive, uh, and as well the second Portal game and its ending song, uh, and... What else? I, I, suppose that's, I suppose that's mostly who I am. I think that mostly describes it.
0: Yeah, now, you, a lot of the, uh, the viral hits, people, people who may not know you by name, may not recognize you by name, I guarantee have heard. If they've been on the internet for more than a year, <laughs> You know, it, your songs have a way of making it out there. I think that's one of the reasons why you became so successful is because they, be, they did become viral. I mean, I remember the very first time I heard one of your songs, it was Your Brains. You know, right. The re- zombie reply song. your brains. It was on. It was on a friend's MySpace page, which tells wow. you when this was, and it was like
2: Nin- nineteen seventy-two.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um. I had to crank up my modem. You know, hand crank it up, <laughs> and there it was playing over a bod a bodd speaker. But I have a. I have an innate fear of zombies. And oh. I have an innate fear of office work. Strangely, and so here I am listening to this song. I'm like this guy gets me.
2: Yeah, no, those two things in combination are are horrible indeed
0: So, um, but we have that We have the uh, the white boy version of Baby Got Back Which I think I had as a ringtone for a while I, I truly love to annoy my wife with that song
1: you know, I I actually shared that with one of the guys that I I work with uh who's big into death metal. He's he's a hardcore death metal guy. And I sent him a, um a YouTube video of you singing that, Jonathan. And his response, that's beautiful. <laughs> so it, it I I you speak to everyone with with your lyrics and and your style.
2: Oh, thank you very much. That's very nice to say.
1: Now, um one of your songs, Code Monkey, um, I feel
0: it was probably written out of quite a bit of personal experience. Uh, uh yeah,
2: I would say that's accurate. Uh, Code is about a uh a sort of a sad software developer and uh uh I was that for for some time. Uh it's it's loosely autobiographical. I I, I never uh was in love with the receptionist and um my boss was not named Rob and he was not boring at all. Um and in fact I you know, I had a a lot more love for that job than uh, the character in the song does, uh, and uh, I'm, I miss those people and I miss that kind of work um, sometimes. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 that that is a song that certainly seems to speak to a lot of people who who <laughs> who work with computers.
0: <laughs> well, in fact, uh, one of our uh, one of our co-hosts for the Normal Stolen Droids podcast, who's not here with us right now, but Schmitty, he is a code monkey, and uh, he has adopted that as his personal anthem.
1: Oh, I'm sure,
0: good! I'm sure he's not alone in that. But
1: uh, you know, I, I think almost all of the software developers that I know have adopted that as their personal anthem.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's funny. It's it is sort of a universal. I mean, you know, it's. I feel like everybody kind of hates their job. That's a pretty universal thing and um, I've even had people say to me uh you know i i do uh, I hang drywall in houses, and that song is my whole story. It should be called drywall Monkey,
0: you know <laughs> well, there's a mental image I didn't expect
2: yeah exactly
0: back to your thing a week, um when I first heard the zombie song and I had to go in and start researching you and find out who this guy was, who have, I've never heard, and, I'll, and I started finding, you know, uh, Baby Got Back. I, I heard Code Monkey. I started hearing all these great songs, and I found out what you were doing—one full song, one fully well-produced, professionally produced song—a week, which is more ambitious than a lot of uh, mainstream artists. What inspired you to go that route?
2: Well, I was, um, you know, I had I'd, uh, given notice at my software job and. Uh, it was in the waning days of my employment there, and and one of my coworkers asked me, "So what are you going to do? I mean, what you know, what are you going to do with your time?" And I said, "I really don't know." Uh, and he said, "You know, it would be cool. You should write. You should write a song, a new song every week." And I said, "Well, that's impossible. Nobody can do that." Uh, but then, you know, once I was home for a couple of weeks and had eaten all the sandwiches and watched all the daytime television. Uh, uh, it became clear to me that I really needed to keep busy. Uh, and and also, you know, I had ostensibly left the job in order to pursue music. So um, that thought came back to me as uh, a great way of uh, forcing myself to create on a regular basis and um, maybe attract some attention and maybe hone my songwriting craft and, and all that stuff. Uh, <clears throat> so... I started to do it, and I called it thing a week because I wasn't, at the outset, I was not convinced that I was going to be able to do uh, fully realized songs uh, every week. Uh, and I wanted to sort of leave, <laughs> leave it open to the option that I would just have little, you know, experimental snippets uh, one week or something. But, um, you know, the bar got set pretty high early on, and I, I uh, sort of got stuck uh, doing songs and I didn't really I'm glad I did. It was it felt like felt like the right thing and uh, some really great stuff came out of it. I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. Now, I think one of the biggest for for me, not being a musician and not being an internet rock star, I think one of the most important things that happened was like you you kind of proved that look we can do this. We can do this and make a living from it. And it was kind of after that that all of a sudden you started having you know the Felicia Day and the Guild and you had. Uh, all these other web series starting to come about. People kind of looking at you, whether they knew they were looking at you or not. But hey, this guy—he's he, making a living off of creating stuff and just putting it out there on the internet.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I—I um, I, I feel like there were there were examples of that before me, plenty of examples of that before me, and um, you know, it, it. When I left the job, it felt like there was. That was a thing that was happening. That was a movement that was happening, and uh, it seemed it seemed possible um, for the first time. Really, you know, I'd, I'd always wanted to be a musician, uh, but the music business was there were so many barriers to entry, uh, and now, so, you know, at that at that point in the middle of the uh, first decade of the century, it seemed like uh, there was this coming uh, <laughs> internet utopia. Where we, you know, we could all just publish things and sell them and, and make a living doing the thing that we wanted to, to do. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, I feel very fortunate that the the timing lined up such that I was I was able to pursue it uh, when when it seemed like it was a it was a, a pursueable thing.
1: Now, with you going this sort of alternative alternative route to your success using the internet as a springboard uh, how how are you perceived by some of the musicians uh, your peers maybe um who didn't go this route they went to so, LA do, do they ever and,
0: kind of look at you as kind of the redheaded stepchild or
1: well it's
2: interesting you know the the um there, you know i've had a lot of discussions with um musicians on the other side of the, the wall, at <laughs> uh, people who who uh, who came up in the old pre-internet record business uh, uh, and uh, had a great deal of success there, and um, you know, yeah, I think there's a certain there's a certain uh, stigma that comes with being famous on the internet. Uh, people sort of look askance, um, and. Uh, less and less i mean i think more and more people are recognizing that there really is quality content on the internet um but uh, it's alongside so many other things that uh that uh people just don't don't dig as much you know i mean you're 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 essentially you're you're on the same uh you're in the same floating in the same pool with uh i don't know hamster dance you know yeah. <laughs> and, and so and so when, when you say to somebody, "Oh, yeah, I'm 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 I, I'm a musician, but I'm mostly famous on the internet," uh, you know, that's they think of hamster dance and they sort of dismiss you. But um, that said, you know, the the trend over the last few years, obviously, is that is that the the record business has been trying to figure out how to use the internet, and more and more the same tools that that I use are used by everybody. I mean, it's not uh, it's pretty standard these days for people to have. Uh, websites and blogs and Facebook pages and 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 Twitter accounts and um uh you know it's it's uh, uh and moreover there are a number of artists who, who came up in the in the standard record industry days and who are uh who have left their labels and started their own labels and uh gone independent and you know the nice thing about being a musician today is that you can do. Uh, things in all sorts of different ways. There's a whole spectrum of choices that you can make about how you want to run your business and be a creative person and communicate with your fans. and uh, so you know that that distinction is, I think, slowly but surely uh, disappearing, uh, which is great, I think. I,
0: I think one of the most amazing things is that you've been able to to achieve this level of success uh, while still embracing kind of creative Commons, And you're very unique in that way where a lot of your, your songs were kind of... Originally, they were just put out there, and now it's like you can go to your website and buy any of them for a dollar. Right. And you, and you know that that dollar's going to you, which is nice, and that's kind of the nice thing, of not being from a label. But a lot of large bands have gone that route now, saying, you know, you tell us how much you want to buy this album for. You know, you donate to us, and we'll just put the, the album out there. Yeah. Which you kind of spearheaded.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I... I, I, I i uh, I'm always made a little bit uncomfortable with the, the idea that I spearheaded this. I really felt like a follower all the way through. You know, I, I would see somebody doing something cool, and I would steal that idea, and I would do it myself. Mm. Um, and I think that's, the, that's really the only way to, uh, to, to work it on the Internet is to try all these different things and see what works for you. Um, and there are definitely things that I tried that did, didn't work. And, and, you know, honestly, the pay-what-you-will model Uh, never paid a lot of dividends for me, uh, and I don't know why, but um, I also tried the tip jar model for a while. That didn't work as well. Uh, I found that, for me, the most effective way to convince people to um, give me money for music was to sort of lead with the idea of a store uh, and say, here's the music, and here's how you can buy it and make it easy for them to buy, but also to really be uh, very... Open and honest about the idea that I know very well that it's all out there for free, whether I make it available for free or not, um, and to not worry so much about uh, piracy uh, and say, "Well, that's just that's just part of how it works now," and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell people what to do. Uh, you know, the most I can do is make make good music and and put it out there and say. Uh, I would love it if you gave me some money for this, and uh, that that for me has been the most effective uh, way of actually making a living
0: yeah, not not to take this on a tangent but it 's kind of fascinating listening to you an actual artist say this you're you 're a respected artist on our main show we we typically do a lot of tech news and the idea of the r i a a and all these different lawsuits and uh, thefts that have come up we've often talked about this model of distribution, the idea that you know, stop going after the pirates, it's out there that's kind of the the inherent risk when you put something out into the world is that it's going to be out in the world and instead just make it accessible to the fans and, and here you are an actual artist finding success with that model, I find that amazing
2: yeah, I, it's um, I mean it's not you know, it's it's not clear that it, it works for everybody, and it's not clear that it's going to work um, always going forward. that you know, it, it's the it's such a changing landscape that I think we're all still trying to puzzle out uh, how to how to make it work. And and uh, you know, as I've said before, there it may very well be that um, the idea of paying for music is. A vestigial memory of a time when you had to pay for music. When in fact it was a, uh, it was a you know the reproduction of music involved uh, the scarcity of physical goods, um, which is simply not true anymore. Uh, and so, uh, who knows where it's going? I mean, I, I think certainly uh, younger people are less willing to pay for music than people my age. Um, and uh, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I also don't labor under the delusion that I have any power to change it. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the way things are, you
0: know. Well, you roll with the punch as well. Um, no, thank you. Going back to the music itself, uh, the old age-old question, and I know people hate getting asked this, but you can't help but ask it, where do you get a lot of your inspiration from? I mean, it's pretty evident you're well-versed in geek culture, but where? what makes you think about, hey, I think I'm going to write a song about a zombie office worker now.
2: Um, I don't know, you know, it. I mean, it, it all comes from inside my brain, uh, you know, it's the stuff that, um, the stuff that interests me, the, the stuff that makes me want to write about it, um, you know, when you are, when you are casting a, about for an idea, a song idea, uh, you know, it's really hard to make any progress until you get to a thing that interests you, uh, until you discover a a turn of phrase or a character or a musical idea that you're like, Oh, what is that? You know, how, how does that work? And what does that mean? Um, and, uh, and for me, one of the things that really drives the process is coming up with, um, odd perspectives. Uh, so, you know, the zombie song is a good example. That's from the point of view of a zombie, um, who, who really is, uh, he doesn't understand what the big deal
0: is. He's actually being quite reasonable.
2: That's right. Well, he is. He is. He's like you know. I'm not. I'm not. You know. I'm just a zombie. This is just what I do. What do you want from me? This isn't
0: personal. You know. It's
2: not personal. So why? What's the big deal? So, uh, you know, obviously that's a ridiculous perspective, but not if you are a zombie. So, um, and you know, likewise, I've I've written songs about giant squids who are sad, and uh, uh, you know, mad scientists who want to take over the world, and uh it's for me it's just a much more interesting thing to think about uh those people's perspectives
1: you know i i gotta say when uh, when i listen to some of your songs i just kind of picture you sitting there on the couch watching venture brothers or watching discovery channel and thinking yeah, giant squid it crushes stuff that's a great song you know i i just i kind of that's how i see you coming up with this in my mind so and and i gotta say also that i lived in africa so i've eaten a lot of weird stuff eyeballs included not human but it's it's probably a good thing the zombie's not gonna eat the eyes
2: yeah well i I feel like i feel like eyeballs are disgusting even to zombies
1: yeah they they are i can attest to that they are It
2: does not surprise me to hear that.
0: And they're just kind of a personal thing, too. You wouldn't want your eyes eaten. I'm not going to eat them. See, I'm doing this for you. (laughs) I'm giving you this concession. I'm I'm only going for the brain.
1: Right. (laughs) So at what point, Jonathan, did you just, like, sit there and think, man, I've made it. I'm successful at what I do. Quitting my job was a great thing. I'm a successful artist. Did you have a moment, or has it just kind of been an evolution that you've come to that conclusion
2: Well, you know, I mean, it all comes in stages and, and as I think most, uh, uh, creative people will attest, you never really feel like you have made it. You never, you never really feel like, oh, there, I'm done. I'm satisfied. You know, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's hard to not keep trying to, to be better and, and to, uh, compare yourself with this artist or that artist uh, you know, I thought I was going to be Paul McCartney for a long time i've come to, the, come to the, uh, I've come to accept that, that I'm not going to be Paul McCartney. It's too late for me to become Paul McCartney um, but uh, he's also said, british Well he's also British' That's, yeah, problem <laughs> one but you know there there were several moments along the way that were particularly um, satisfying and, and, and wonderful uh, you, you know from the from the early Viral successes and Thing a Week with uh, Baby Got Back or uh, Code Monkey or, uh, uh, you know, getting Code Monkey linked on Slashdot was a very exciting day for me. That felt like a victory. But then, you know, the first few shows when I started touring and people would show up and know all the songs was was an amazing thing. Uh, You know, the first time I went to Europe and I was in a foreign country and people showed up. That was crazy. Um, and the song in Portal uh, being so well-received was, was also really thrilling. So, you know, you get, these, you get these moments along the way where you're like, wow, that, that, I am proud of that thing. Uh, and then time passes, and you're like, okay, now, what have I done for me lately? You know.
0: <laughs> I, I, I want to say, I, if I remember correctly, the uh, Still Alive in Portal, sung by GLaDOS, is actually rated as like one of the best video game anthems of all time. <laughs> I, I remember this like on an X player or whatnot. It was like it's in the top five.
2: <laughs> well, I mean that's you know that's amazing. it's great. It's, it's a very satisfying thing. And you know the funny thing is it's not like it's not like when I wrote that song I was like, oh what an amazing song. This is going to be in the top five video game anthems of all time. I mean
0: <laughs> eat your heart out, Freddie Mercury. I'm coming yeah. to your spot. <laughs>
2: You know, I felt about as good about that song as I felt about all of my songs, which is to say, yeah, okay. You know, <laughs> so you never know which, which thing you do is gonna is gonna get picked up and and uh, and lifted up in that way.
0: Were there any of songs that you made that you looked at and said, yeah, I think this is a little bit more than okay. I, I like this one.
2: Yeah, I was always wrong though. I I, I have always I've always been wrong about that. Uh, you know, it's funny. The you're so close to it when you're writing it that you it's very hard to see. Uh, and then only through uh, the song having a bit of a lifetime and, and uh, you know, performing it in front of people and, and uh, seeing their response. And, you know, the songs sort of take on these lives and they, they settle into into their places. And only then does it really become clear which ones you've made that really resonate with people.
0: Hmm. Now, moving kind of into what you're doing now you've uh you've actually started a tour is that correct
2: uh i'm yeah i'll be going on tour uh starting uh november 20 uh, hold on one moment i don't want to say the wrong date november 24th i will be in los angeles uh, and then uh san diego and uh, sort of travel across the uh, bottom part of the country for a couple of weeks until we get to Florida. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to that. It's been a while since I've been out. Uh, so, uh,
1: that should be a lot of fun. Now, this is, uh, sorry, this is your first bus tour. Is that right?
2: That's right. Yeah. We'll be on a tour bus with the band. And, um, you know, the last couple of tours I did with the band were in a, in a (laughs) a bunch of different vehicles and renting hotel rooms. And, uh, it was, uh, it was a lot of driving, and uh, you know it gets to be expensive when you're you're traveling with uh, people people who are old enough to uh, want their own private hotel rooms and not just uh, pile six six dudes in a bed, you know. Uh, <laughs> and so, at a certain point, the bus. This actually makes good financial sense because we we sleep on the bus. We don't get hotel rooms. We sleep on the bus, uh, which sounds like it could be awesome or awful. I don't know. I haven't uh, I haven't experienced it yet, so I'll, I'll let you know.
0: All the big stars do it, so they you got to think they they've got to love it.
2: Well, I mean, I don't know if they love it or if it's just uh, you know how you have to do it because it it also lets you because there's somebody else driving overnight. You can you can go. Uh, a lot farther in 24 hours, and you can go to cities that you wouldn't otherwise be able to get to uh, on a tour. So, uh, yeah, but you know, it's that. I mean, it's, that's another of those things. It's like, wow, I'm doing a, I'm doing a, a tour on a bus, <laughs> like, like the, like the real musicians, you know? That's, yeah,
0: I, I, I was about to say that would personally be my aha moment. I have made it. I'm on a bus with my name on the side, or, or maybe it's right. not. It's just a post-it note I put there, but still, this yeah. is my bus.
2: Yeah, no, my name will not be on the side, but uh, but yeah, it'll be like one of those buses that you see. It's crazy. And little old me will be getting on it, you know? It's kind of awesome.
0: Now, um, one of the big reasons we want to get this uh, this episode out and get you heard by our fans is because you'll actually be coming through our neck of the woods, through Salt Lake City on the 27th, that's correct? That's right. All right, and you're going to be at the State Room. That's which correct. Is, which is down on State Street in uh, in downtown Salt Lake. I have to be over 21.
1: And I've actually heard that it's one of the nicest venues in the state to go see a concert at. So Oh
2: good. I I have not been to it myself. So no, I'm I'm uh, looking forward to checking it out. Yeah,
1: I, we're we're very excited to have you here. It's it's going to be a fun show and we're hope hopefully going to be able to pack the place for you. Now, do you know are tickets still available or Uh I believe tickets are still
2: available. Yeah, we um we did this thing where we uh uh we uh, had this kind of cool thing where we had like 40 basically show funders. So the first 40 ticket buyers um, uh, uh, are, will make their money back if we cross a certain threshold of tickets sold. Uh, so it sort of empowers fans to spread the word and sell more tickets. So there are 40 people who would be very pleased Uh, If we got past a certain number of attendees, and I don't offhand remember what that number is, but um, I hope that we get there because that would be really, really fun.
0: Uh, Let's see here. I'm I'm on your site right now. Show starts at 8 p.m. I would suggest, you know, knowing the bar scene here in Utah, knowing the club scene, uh, and knowing the concert scene, get there early. I would definitely get there early, especially (laughs) for the stateroom.
1: All all seats are general admission, so yeah, you're going to want to get there early if you want to be down close. (laughs) Gotcha.
0: So I, I would personally love to see our listeners make a huge presence there. You know. Go ahead, go up right up on the stage, scream at John. Hey, heard John stolen droids. Yeah. what you're talking now. <laughs> now afterwards you're gonna move like you said, you're kinda of moving on along the uh the rear end, the 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 south end of America, <laughs> as it were.
2: <laughs> I don't think they like to be called the rear end of America.
0: Well, you know, we're not really on talking terms anyway. But uh, right, right. <laughs> next day you're going to be in Denver. That's right. You, excuse me, here as I clear my throat. I'm very professional, I promise. Uh, if anyone wants to get any more uh, show information, they can get that from your site. That's correct.
2: That's right, JonathanColton.com. That's everything. Everything is listed up there.
0: All right. Now, um, I, I know we have limited time here with you, but before we let you go, uh, you have another album coming out, and it's a seasonal album.
2: I do. I, I'm very excited about it. It's it's a Christmas album, um, and uh, it's original Christmas music and one Hanukkah song that I co-wrote with a friend of mine uh, whose name is John Roderick, um, uh, who has a band called The Long Winters, and... Um, and he lives in Seattle he's a very talented songwriter and a good friend and uh, has toured with me and been on the Jericho Cruise Crazy a couple of times. And um, we got together this summer and wrote a bunch of new songs about Christmas. And uh, they, I dare say they are songs that you can stand to listen to uh, any time of year. And the, it's not, you know, so much Christmas music is just kind of like, ugh, Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but these are we tried to write songs that were actually good um, and I think we succeeded uh, and it's uh, it's it's available right now for for pre-sale uh, we're uh, distributing download links to everybody who buys uh, that is happening on the on the on November 15th but we also have uh, a signed CD available and the special deluxe gift box edition which includes uh, a t-shirt and a custom ornament and a bunch of other goodies and uh, is meant to be the perfect holiday gift for the Jonathan Colton fan in your life. That was a, that was a commercial for my album that I just said.
0: Oh, I'll clip that out. We'll, we'll insert that into uh, into our normal shows as well for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I do have to ask, uh, is it, I feel kind of sheepish asking it this way, but is it kind of along your normal lines of songs as kind of the tongue-in-cheek humor about Christmas, or is it kind of a more serious, like, will my wife like this, who's huge into the Christmas music, or will I like this, who's huge into geek humor? Well, I
2: will say that it really does, really is wide-ranging. Because it was the two of us writing, uh, there's some of our, each of our sensibilities in it, so you know, I mean, there's a song called uh, 2600, which is uh, about a kid who really wants an Atari 2600 for Christmas. Um, That's pretty nerdy, but then um, uh, and you know there are silly songs. There's a song called "Christmas in Jail." There's a song called uh, uh, "Uncle John," which is kind of funny. Uh, and but then there are also uh, a couple of pretty pretty heartfelt uh, Christmas songs. Uh, there's one called "The Week Between." About uh, that awesome week between Christmas and New Year's when nothing happens anywhere, <laughs> uh, and uh, one of my favorite tracks on the album is a song called "Christmas Time Is Wonderful," which is just the most uh, delicious syrupy pro Christmas uh, music I can I can think of. Um, uh, and uh it's so it, it really is sort of all over the map. It's not it's not meant to be an ironic quote unquote Christmas album. Uh it's just what happened when the two of us challenged ourselves to write a bunch of songs using Christmas as the inspiration. So it's 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 should be something for everybody on it.
0: Awesome. Well, we need to let you go. Jonathan, it's been an absolute pleasure, total honor to have you on the show. Again, one apl- pimp it out to the listeners. Uh, November 27th, Salt Lake City, the stateroom uh, downtown. You can find information on his website, JonathanColton.com. Make sure you uh, buy tickets and get there early. If you're not one of our Utah listeners, because we have listeners all over the place, check out the different show notes, uh, the show times on his website. See if he's swinging by your area, and even if he's not, go see him anyway.
2: All right. Thanks oh, a lot, yeah. guys. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Thank you. Thank Until you, next guys. time. Cheers. Bye. All right.
2: I mean no one's gonna eat your eyes